If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. He is a representative from Unity Evangelists, and he's coming and joining us from Copenhagen. So I told you this is a global conference. We've got everybody from Eastern Europe to Copenhagen coming by. So I'm going to mic him in real quick. Uh, let's see if we have him, and I should be able to hear you from this point. How are you doing? Great. So Andre Cardoso, did I get it right? Yeah, it's only been like eight hours, but I forget real quickly. So uh, I'm going to go over whenever you're ready. I'm going to switch over to you and you are uh, ready to start. Go for it, man. Um, I think I'm good, actually. Hello, everyone. Um, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for the opportunity and, you know, to be speaking here and sharing a, a little bit more about my story. And hopefully it's like inspiring for people. So, you know, glad to be here. All right. Uh, so uh, you're actually at a, a conference right now, right? No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm oh. just uh, <laughs> at home. And my, you know, here in Copenhagen, it's a, it's a lovely night and a bit late. So it's fine. We're just home. Oh, great. So uh, what what is your topic today that you're going to share with the viewers out here? Yeah. So um I guess what, what I want to talk about today is sort of what um, my journey on game development and how I came f- from this background, which I thought I was never going to be able to grow in the community in some sort of way, because I thought I was, because, um, you know, coding, all these barriers are too high and just sort of like share my story and how I sort of break those barriers, but not really, you know what I mean? Like it, just this journey of discovering myself in game development and how it's not that hard or how it's like accessible and stuff and how the software unity in in that case in my personal journey helped me to achieve that specific goal uh definitely so let's kind of talk about at the beginning so uh you're obviously working at unity right now and uh i want to kind of speak on that like how did you get to that point where you're more stable than <laughs> a lot of the industry folks out there. It's a great, nah. <laughs> great place to stay at for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, it's kind of crazy. Like the whole, the whole, the whole journey was crazy, amazing, just a, a mix of emotions. But basically um, the story is I, 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 I was, I was graduating in design uh, and I'm from Brazil, by the way, I'm a Brazilian game developer. And, um, the thing was like, I, I never was really good with like code or anything. Like I thought I was, I thought it wasn't good. Right. Like I never had access to it. Like, um, the, my gaming education in my specific city from where I come from is not super great. So I started studying design because I thought that design was the most approachable thing that I could do. And I thought that maybe by, studying design, I was going to be able to do game design, no level design or balancing or anything else. Um, That's how I started my journey. And then I got a few great opportunities in my life to study abroad. Um, And then I, like I started giving all my blood to start like learning code. And that's what that one, that was when I was introduced to to unity and I started learning code at the same time as I was learning unity. And like my mind just like exploded because I never thought I was going to be able to prototype stuff on my own. And I started doing that. Right. And so I guess, I guess the biggest problem with like game dev is feeling that barrier that you see games that you play in consoles or PC and you, you, you feel like it's 
sometimes it feels too hard, too complex. And it feels like you're never going to reach that dream because it's a dream for, for a lot of people, myself included, right? It's a dream to work with games is anything is possible. And if you can prototype your own stuff, like be able to do your own stuff, I think that's super empowering in some sense. And when I started learning that, I start like, it just, it just created this chain reaction, which I just wanted to learn more and more. And I remember that when this exchange program uh, opportunity that I have uh, had was over, I felt, I felt kind of sad because I wanted more opportunities to keep learning. I wanted more. I wanted more because uh, I, I knew I was going to get back to the same in my same city, which, you know, it's not super amazing with like game dev education anyways. And so I started doing things on my own to practice. Right. So the first thing I tried, like everyone does is try to do a game. Um, and it's funny cause I, I have some pictures I can share later on, <clears throat> but I started making games with like friends online. We would do them on the weekends, but you know how that goes. If you don't have that much like of a schedule with your friends or your colleagues that you're working with, it's hard to make the game, but still, I, I still learned a lot. Like, uh, I own so much to, you know, to all the games I've done. And this, there was this one. So this whole journey started with like me having the idea of like, you know, a good way to learn is to, is to learn from people that do it in the industry and do it the best. So I was just playing like on my switch Mario Odyssey. And I noticed this really cool thing on the level select. I wanted to recreate it and I recreate it because I thought like, Oh, I would do it this way, like with the with my code knowledge, I would do it this way. And so I did it and I shared on Reddit and people really liked it. And people asked for like, for explanations, like, oh, how you did, like I, either like how I, how I did it, or maybe like if I could share the project. And I'm very perfectionist in that sense. I didn't want to share the project the way it was. The thing, it, so the thing I did was I just created an open source version of that with like a super well explained, like read me. I was fascinated by like repositories that had like super well explained um, introduction text. So I did that. I can, I can actually share a picture of that. Let me see if I have something right here. I'm going to share my screen. Um, hopefully that's going to work. Yeah. And so how do we present again? <laughs> Be uh, the top right, right? Let's see that. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Got it. So, yeah. So on the left, can you see my screen? Yes, I do. Perfect. Uh, on my left was the original thing I recreated and posted on Reddit, and people really liked it. And what I did was on the right, that was like the GitHub repository, where I did like a readme with like, you know, GIFs and a, a well-explained text. And people really enjoyed that, like that feeling of like not grasping, like not holding into my own code and being like more friendly, friendly towards sharing it. And so with this whole thing, I started a YouTube channel because I really wanted to at one point in my life, I wanted to make a video, a, a sort of channel where I could share game dev stuff. Um, and I, so what I, what I did was I, I consumed a lot of video essay content on YouTube, like mm, nerd writer, uh, uh, lessons from a screenplay, all these movie essays, and even like game makers toolkit, which is this, uh, you know, YouTube channel by Mark Brown, which is amazing. And it's one of my biggest references. And I kind of wanted to do that, but for game dev in the sense that I would, I, I like, I would like to show the, the, the journey behind all these prototypes, recreations that I was starting to do. So the first one was exactly that one that you're seeing on the screen, which is the Mario Odyssey, like level select. And so that's basically how the channel started. And, um, let me just go back to my camera really quick. Uh, yeah. Um, that's how it started. And so I created this channel where I recreate mechanics from other games uh, using Unity. And I explain them in a short, fast, but also informative way. I share the open source code. And that's how the channel uh, goes. And it's called Mix and Jam. And uh, it had a great reception. I never expected this. And like you said, um, 
it basically it's like a life-changing thing because it took me like six months with the channel and things started to change in my life so i started getting noticed by you know great developers amazing people and of course unity because i was using unity for my stuff and long story long story short that's how i'm unity now and i i i get to keep doing the things i do with the channel which is great and i also get to be at unity you know sharing this you know uh, amazing feeling of being with amazing people and learning every day about the engine, about the software, and just about game dev in general. Yeah, I mean, this is something that I, I feel that has been exploding in the last few years. Game developers who are very self-driven uh, uh, have like a knack for business and marketing. I mean, in this case, you were able to instinctively find like a niche that uh you yourself uh was looking after you know looking for you know yeah. a channel to actually deconstruct a, a fem- uh, like a favorite mechanic from a game that everyone knows sounds like a, a a very obvious thing that anybody would be attracted to but there was content that wasn't being made for it so you saw an opportunity at least wanting to build your own skill set to go out there and do it um the last speaker that we had, Igor, uh, from was from Poland, and he was kind of mentioning how uh, Eastern Europe is not really a hotbed for game development communities, and he kind of had to build this path for himself to be relevant mm-hmm. and succeed, right? You were mentioning yeah. that you were from originally Brazil. How's the gaming scene over there, just to paint a picture of what that landscape looks like? I it's growing. It's actually growing pretty great, you know, like, but at the same time, since it's so new, I guess there isn't much from people to grasp to. Um, there isn't much education. And that's the thing. I think sometimes uh, there's two big foundations to like a game dev scene. You have education, of course, then where you're going to learn all your stuff you're going to learn, but you also have community. And to think about, you know, uh, being being very new to the game 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 dev scene we are we're starting to get more used to game jams to game events to game expos you know and brazil specifically is super huge right and you know there is super talented studios in brazil doing great stuff uh you know like for for instance like in celeste right uh but like basically celeste has a bunch of brazilians involved you know super talented people it's just that Depends from where you're coming from, because really Brazil is just huge. And some places the scene is more like involved and people are more, you know, they're willing to do more, to participate more. And I guess that I guess that really helps. Like when you see people engaging, you guess I guess you feel that the industry is kind of real and that the community is real. And if it doesn't it, and if you don't feel it, it just keeps, you know, you, you won't you won't feel much like you won't take it as serious as it should be. And so it really depends. Like specifically in my city, it's like, I would say, you know, um, it's, it's also hard because there's not a lot of investment, right? Like from, from, from people, because a lot of like investors from where I come from, they want to see fast results. And it really depends with games. Some games give you fast results, financially speaking, some, some don't. But, uh, but, you know, it's, it's, it's something, it's a, it's a, an industry in Brazil that's growing a lot. And the, the good, the good part about being in a place where it grows a lot, I guess, is you can always be the first, you know, it's much easier to be the person that causes an impact in your industry, which, you know, I thought about a lot about. And one of the reasons why I was going to stay like normally, because I really believed that, like, like I said, sometimes you can be the person that can like, help i mean be the person together with some other people of course to you know move the whole thing and uh just keep pushing the community like i've you know i've i've been in to so many game jams and i've tried to organize my own game jams and i, I feel like that's the that's the biggest way easy not not easiest way but that's the most effective way to grow just have community like having game jams uh trying failing you know it's like but Maybe I stretch it a little bit. 
I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. I think that's a, a very interesting topic for a lot of people. When we hear game jams and stuff, uh, I think we have like a, uh, a foggy idea of what that means. It's like a group of people who kind of come together for a certain amount of time and kind of clear a goal. But I think uh, the details of it, uh, if you don't mind kind of going to it, uh, the hardship, the dependency, the maybe long or short term friendships. I, I feel like it's... Okay. Um, it's exciting to think that you can go into a game jam with a friend and be able to come out of it the other side super happy. But it also, I think, from the previous guests that we've had on the podcast and part of GDUX, it can be very dangerous, too, because it's a fast track of learning if uh, I can go into business with this guy or not. <laughs> like, how, how has I your mean, experience been? I mean, that that's exactly the summary of it. Uh, the great thing about game jams is that People, so like I mentioned before, game entering into games seems like a huge barrier, right? And sometimes it's not that much of a barrier, but at the same time, you will still have the hard track. And the hard track means uh, scope. Uh, it means dealing with people that don't necessarily think like you because, you know, everyone likes to have the idea or whatever. And game jams are sort of like this short portion of reality. It's kind of weird, but, you know, it's like... Um, imagine like an intern, right? Like technically in an inter, like in an internship is where you can mess up is where, you know, you're not supposed, you're not pressured to make the right decisions and, uh, be correct all the time. And that's sort of what game jams are, I guess. It's just that you are going to have the working experience, but on the good side is that you won't have the consequences and uh, a great, another great thing about game jams too, is that I feel at least that people are very receptive in the sense of like, like you said, like you could go with a friend, but it's much more enjoyable if you go to a game jam and just meet random people and then they'll teach you something or you'll, you'll teach something to them. And sometimes you don't have a game at the end, which, you know, if you say that to someone, someone will be very frustrated like, oh, like I participate in 48 hours in this game jam and I don't have anything. But what counts is the road, the experience, right? Because then if you go to a game jam, you have a little bit of experience of how a scope feels like. And you'll you'll notice very early that like game and just art in general sometimes is about taking decisions and finishing stuff. There's a beauty in finishing stuff. We all know that art is never finished, but you know, you have to finish stuff. You have to decide stuff. And the more you participate in game jams, the more of like, the more games you have, like the more portfolio you have, you'll see yourself increasing as a, as a game dev, the more pizza you have, the less sleep you have. I mean, there's only positives here. Come on. <laughs> so like, uh, how long, uh, what's the longest game jam that you've been through? that you think would be surprising to uh, anybody who hasn't participated in, in one before? The longest. I mean, I've only participated in game jams that are on weekends. There are so many game jams online now that um, they take a week. I was never able to participate in those mostly because like, I guess, you know, I like to hang out a lot like during the week and, do other stuff like uh but the longest game jam i participate is like 48 hours right <clears throat> and so there was this one particular game jam that i organized and when you organize it's like even more time because you have to get there earlier you have to do all the stuff um and it's uh you know it's it's quite insane but i always try to sleep you're you're much much productive when you sleep but seriously though like for anyone starting in the game, like it doesn't even need to be starters. That's what I'm saying. Like um, for anyone in the game dev industry, having a game jam is the most like rewarding experience you can have because you get so much done in such, such little time. And that, that forces creativity that forces because limitation for me, I think it always creates sort of like creative solutions. Like back in the day, you had like eight big games that had like limitations and that created a lot of the most iconic games we have nowadays. So I guess it just goes to that feeling and, you know, but it's, it's wild. I won't lie. Like 48 hours of pure game development. Uh, 
I don't know. It's, 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 it's great. It's a great experience. And especially if you like it, if you really are passionate about games, there's nothing, you know, there's nothing stopping you from going to game jams, I guess. It's definitely one of those uh, things that I um, wish we could do more often at the beginning of more game projects. It's just like, uh, let's, especially when uh, game development, um, a, lo- a large part of it goes into the the game, but uh, another large portion goes into the people that you work with, right? And so uh, a lot of the, my experience is you go in the six, five, seven months into something and you learn like, hey, you're not you're not exactly the fun guy that I thought you would be. <laughs> How many more months <laughs> do I have left with you? But within the game jam, you kind of go through all these emotional roller coasters and at and and the favorite thing I like about it, it, it kind of gives me like a very fast forward uh, perspective of this person in his worst or her worst stress and how she or he deals with that stress. And if they are creative yeah. or motivational or, or completely just a buzzkill. <laughs> but I yeah. think that that is yeah. something great that every team needs at the beginning so they don't commit in this long marriage of creating a game. Uh, what are your thoughts? I about mean, that? yeah. I mean, <clears throat> if you think about it, <clears throat> even though everyone, I think most people that join the game industry, they're making this because it's a passion, a real passion. I guess that, um, it's still a job. You know what I mean? If you want to live with this, then you have the sort of same challenges you have in a normal job, um, like dealing with people that are hard. But that's the thing. I think like, I think there's a lot of learning involved in being with people that, you know, um, are, think differently than you because, you know, they all have different creative processes. And I, I guess with like for me, in my opinion, it's important like to have people that you sort of feel like, hmm, I don't necessarily agree because I think it's important to have people that you don't necessarily agree so that you can have like a, a creative discussion because either way, you'll only be in your own box. And <clears throat> I guess when you're a creator, you, you hold on to your ideas and your thoughts so much. And I, I know how that feels like being very proud of your idea and being proud of like what you've done, but uh, like you'll learn. I mean, I've, I know I've learned and I'm still learning. Like I'm learning every day that the game industry specifically is made of community. So you have, but doesn't really matter like what thing you're working on. I guess you have to learn that like in, in this industry, people share, people are very, people are very like open people, you know, listen to each other's opinion and at the end of, at the end of the day of course if you're not you know if you if you don't work great with people or you just gr- work great with only one person there's like ways around it like you can build a studio with that person and stuff but what i've seen in the industry is that people are very receptive in that in that in that case of like and especially in game jams in game jams is just like the brainstorming part is just the most fun because you'll see people just going mad. And then since you don't draw stuff, you just say stuff. People start like imagining your own idea in different ways. And that's one of the fun things about game jam is that everyone's technically aligned in the same idea, but you'll see people clashing ideas. And one of the, that's one of the greatest things you can learn is just like how to deal with that, how to turn everyone's vision into the same thing is it by concept art is it by talking more is it by not stressing too much by coding 10 hours is more about sitting down and writing on post post-its so you know in the long term dealing with people is what makes this community absolutely incredible you know and the key word there is community and something that i've um I've noticed uh, from uh, the difference between a Unity developer and any other type of developers, Unity kind of puts community first. And I'm saying this because uh, 
this is like a survivor type of instinct that other developers are starting to try to wrap their hands around. Like, uh, I, so I come from the AAA background and we're used to just showing up to work, doing the work we need to do and then leaving. But when it comes to uh, self-marketing, when it comes to uh, continuously working on our craft outside of our nine to five, uh, we are completely, completely new to that concept where I feel Unity developers, uh, the ones that have found success like yourself, was really good, were re- was really good at building a community for him or herself and be able to sustain that and have a better uh, grip on how they want to go forward. So can you kind of speak on that on your 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 rise to success like how what what are the main rules on finding a niche and being able to foster that to something where you can take it to where you want to take it because yeah it's it's a skill that feels very natural to you but i i assure you it's very foreign to the rest of us like how do i get this going no i do i do understand i do understand um i would say that um that's a hard question actually but think about this um the way i found my niche was by targeting people that felt the same way i mean that feel the same way i felt before i even know a single line of code like i didn't feel like i could do stuff right and like i told you um, I was presented by Unity and I remember being fascinated at the time at the power, like the the power of the user-friendly interface and just the rich, rich community that's always sharing their solutions to do stuff. And I remember that the way I felt, as in like, I'll never be able to code or I'll never be able to do something um, to do something prototypey or something other than level design or maybe an idea sketch. Um, when I, when I felt empowered, you know, that when I felt like I could do it, even though I'm not a programmer by, by, I, I didn't go to a programming classes. I mean, not, not to a programming school or whatever. Um, when I felt that power, what I wanted to do was to reach the people that felt the same way I did. Because at some point it was very frustrating because I knew I knew I wanted to work with games and uh, I knew that it's a great skill to have to program to I knew it was good to do something, but I never thought I was going to I, I, I basically I basically didn't believe myself to be completely honest here. It's just like, yeah, I mean, I was never good at math or I never got to code. So why would I, you know, and then uh, when I. I guess, I guess it's just that, like, I, I, I was, I wanted to reach people that felt the same way as I, as I did. And I can empathize with that feeling because, you know, I'm from Brazil and you have, you have some countries that have like left less of an industry presence. And, uh, I guess you just want to, you just want to be able to show your own story when you show your own story. When I say to people that I didn't know nothing right about code, about, unity people are usually impressed because they think like you know like oh wow but you're doing stuff now and that people can empathize with that they can be like oh i you know i never tried stuff maybe i can try now and then people can keep trying and uh when i did the channel of course like i guess there's there's a lot that i've been learning about communication about how to deliver messages and how to speak, I guess, how to, I don't know, edit videos. You know, I, I own a lot to the things I know also because of my design graduation. I know a lot of things about, you know, graphic design, uh, video designer, and, and just projects in general that like, it helps me build content that it's organized enough, but in all in all, it's just, I just do things for people that, for them to feel empowered as one day I felt and it made me feel so much better as a game developer. And, uh, you know, it's, it's part of like a reaction from people that my success happened because 
they felt that it was a genuine way of helping the community because whenever I do projects, they're all open source and I do videos to explain those, how I did those. And I guess that really inspires people. I get beautiful, beautiful messages from people every day, uh, just saying that I inspire them. And, you know, it's, I get very emotional because that's exactly what I, you know, that that's exactly what, what one, what one needs to, to just get in the game industry. You just need to be inspired and start trying. Of course, there's different, there's, there's different situations for everyone, but I guess, you know, being able to inspire people is what, what made me rise up. And what I, the way I like to see it, I like to see it as I also, it's not that it's on my own success. I also enable people's success as well. And uh, in the sense of unity, I would say that, you know, unity is the software that technically enabled me to do that because the community is so great. The, you know, they're so active with like the, the learning session, the, the new tutorials and onboarding new users that it, that has totally helped. And that's probably one of the reasons why I am working at unity is because I really believe in that. Like you said, like the, like the, the community and how, how they share and how they care about indie developers, mid-sized developers, triple A, like they, they're, 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 they're really care about the community. And that's why I'm so like happy, uh, lucky and just proud to be in, you know, where I am right now. And, but I, I, what, what's most important to me is that I share the success with other people that, you know, to, that against get inspired and stuff. Uh, this is actually something that um, I was talking to a previous speaker day two about. There is like a huge amount of uh, projects and ability now, especially with Unity and other software kind of made available to anybody that has an idea and uh, p- to put their projects out because there's uh, at least compared to five to ten years ago, this was a was used to be a heavy investment not just in time, but in in money to actually get into, right? So now that everybody has the tools and ability to kind of get a hold of this uh, and and be able to kind of tell their story in whatever way they want, to kind of separate from the rest. And I wonder, since I'm guessing, right, now that you are in Copenhagen, you used to be in Brazil, do do you travel a lot? to uh different teams or like what's your situation (laughs) i mean i will i will most likely be traveling a lot um but right now i just joined two months and a half ago like i I moved to denmark two and a half months ago so but we do as evangelists we do we do talk to our customers we do talk to our community online and we're always making sure that we're like getting in touch with people that are using and helping them achieve what they want and just um, to, for, for them to be able to, to, to make their games or make their products. Mm-hmm. And well, I want to come back to you, like changing the scenery from <laughs> Brazil to Denmark in a bit. But before I get to that, like what, what are the major tips as you're rubbing shoulders with uh, other unity developers uh and, and and everybody to like if you have an idea if you want to stand above the rest and you have this background of building a community uh from scratch and uh if i were to have a, a game and i want to start marketing it from day one which i'm hearing a lot with the indie developer communities like if you have something to talk about start talking about it what 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 suggestions are you uh, would you give to someone to have like a, a a good start of success for a project that eventually they would put it out to the public? In terms of like showing your your game in a very marketing perspective, I would say um, just be whatever people are. And I would say for game development, I, at least in my point of view, that's mostly Twitter and Reddit. And uh, what people do is people share their their ideas and the community is super rece- uh, like receptive in that sense. And sometimes you get really uh, like a big engagement on what you're creating. And if it looks cool, if people and like even if it's just, you know, 
not just, but like, even if it's some people showing up, like that's already a good sign. Your game is already being, it's out there. People will talk about it. And, and if, if you keep improving it, polishing, polishing it. Um, but I guess, yeah, to, to stand out is like complicated. Like there's millions of games ma- being made, but if you start talking as soon as you can about what you're doing, people. So one thing that people really like to do nowadays is to follow the journey as well. Like if you start sharing from game, like from day one, what you're working on, even if it's just like weird gray box levels and this mechanic, that's not super polished, people will be able to see your evolution. And you'll also have a great archive to show how much you've grown. And, uh, my personal experience, right, to the things I started to working on, um, I started sharing them on Twitter and Reddit, and I, I sort of saw that working out. And that's that's how I, I wouldn't see myself without use without Twitter, not only because for your own personal stuff, because but Twitter, I don't know, I don't know if you feel the same way, but I feel like Twitter has this great like if you're in it and you follow people from the industry, like you feel like you're in the same ground. I don't know if if it's the same for you, but I remember being in the level where I felt like everyone was, you know, top level, like everyone's the best. I'm not, you know, I'm not great at all. But nowadays I feel like those people are just like in the same line. We're all a horizontal community and you can even reach out to people. I've, 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 contacted a bunch of people now on on Twitter and people are so nice and you can talk to them and you can ask feedback for about your game, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, no, I, 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 that's what I keep hearing a lot. Uh, Facebook is dead. Uh, let's, we're not even mentioning <laughs> them, but when it comes to indie development or building a community around your project, it is Twitter. It is Reddit. Uh, I wonder too, and this is my question to you. It's like the right and wrong way, the nuances of using these two communities, because, um, I, I, I feel like there is a, there's a, there's a way to go about it to use it in the right way where you're just not just tweeting yeah. a bunch of stuff or garbage. Yeah. And so I, yeah. I wonder, can you can speak to that and give some, some sage advice? Yes. Yeah. In my opinion, right. This is just my opinion. I guess you really have to be genuine, right? If you're just spamming content, people won't feel like you're doing it naturally. You're just trying to like, promote your game and so what i see a lot of people do is that you have to be a person that not only not only posts but also contributes it's the same thing with reddit i would say people are often driven to the content that feels more genuine like oh like this dude like sometimes the titles are like i've been making this game for two years with my best friend, you know, that kind of thing really touches people because it's really like people can really empathize with that feeling. But if it's just like, you know, like footage of my game, like it's hard. I I wouldn't even say that I have that, that much of a super understanding because the, the, the industry in that sense of like promotion is always changing, but I guess that, in order for you to show, you also have to contribute, which means commenting on other people's stuff, sharing their stuff as well, creating a nice environment where you can just like, for instance, you see like this great developer that's making a great game and you could just, you know, DM DM the person and go like, hey, this is really cool what you're making. Can I, you know, I have a question in Unity. You have the evangelist, right? Like that's a really cool thing about also the the Unity evangelist group is that we are there on Twitter. We are we are you know we have sort of a presence online, and we are always happy to to talk to people. Like if it's not doesn't even need to be a question, it can be just like, oh, um, how do I start? Like I want to make an FPS, and how do I start? You know, and then we're just happy to share and to talk. And uh, I guess that being there. When you are in those places, you start noticing the small details of what makes a footage successful, you know, and we can also trace it back to YouTube, for instance, right? Um, if you if you do something like find a specific topic that no one's talking about, and then you 
sort of work on it and you make like a game dev channel, you start, you start seeing like engagement on your YouTube channel, for instance, you could make your, your game dev vlogs and game progress on that YouTube channel where you sort of attracted people because of your, you know, your content, your abilities, your art style. And there's like plenty of people doing that on YouTube right now, which is pretty cool. Like um, we have, for instance, like Danny, uh, which is, you know, uh, this person that is making, always making like game dev logs on his games. And he releases those games, those games. And mm, of course the games are super great, but he also has a, a lot of exposure because of his YouTube channel. And that really makes him stand out from the rest you also have like Blackthorn Prod. You have all these people that are, they have game dev channels and they, they take the opportunity to make games and they, their exposure helps them, you know, stand out from the rest. And so if I can get a given advice is, you know, find a way to stand out and to have like a good, you know, like a good following base. Like it doesn't need to be like big in numbers. It just needs to mean that people really care about what you do next. When people really care what you do next, they'll follow, they'll download your game, they'll support you or they'll share your game, right? Even if they don't necessarily support you because sometimes they can't, they'll just pass your game on. They'll be like, oh, this guy is making a cool thing. People will retweet, people will Facebook, you know. This is actually a mentality that... um I'm uh, continuously trying to echo to developers out there because I come from the the basement of developers who are used to working within a studio and when they are finally ready to kind of branch off of their own cold turkey, they find themselves having a product and then having kind of like this uh, ego saying, well, I've been making games forever, therefore it should sell. And then when it doesn't, it's like, well... <laughs> it's such a mystery to them. But what you're saying right now is makes a lot of sense, especially in this time. And I don't know if you share this opinion where uh, there's so much content that people can buy into now. And it's not about uh, there's only like a small percentage of that. It's, it's so evoking just by a, a screenshot where you have to have it. There's only such a small percentage. The rest of it is mostly because people want to buy into a community where they want to talk about the game they want to be a part of the development team somehow some way or, or something like a fan base that is already built or is interesting enough that they can take a break from the game from time to time and be still entrenched within the game uh this is where i feel like a lot of the streaming communities even though they these uh, streaming celebrities uh, play games that people like. Uh, the product are the streaming celebrities and not necessarily the game that they play. It's kind of like the byproduct. Uh, I wonder what yeah. your opinions are on that. You know, uh, it's complicated. Like, like, I, like I mentioned before, uh, we were talking, I just want to get back to this point really quick because we were talking about being genuine and i just want to build upon that when you're a game developer and you want your you want most more most of your expo, exposition exposition to be with other game development developers sorry um if you share what you're doing people will feel like um People feel like, oh, this guy is sharing. Like you can even show how you were doing something. Oh, so I, I had this collision problem and I'm on my, on my game, on my, you know, people really care about the game. So it's basically like a baby, right? So, but they, they go and they share their creation. They go like, I had this issue and I fixed it with this solution, which I'm sharing to you, like to everyone now. So first thing that happens is people feel like they're part of the thing. They... They're not excluded from the work in progress, which is great. Second, they feel like they were supported in the sense of an issue that they were having with the, with the software, with the thing. And uh, um, I, for, for the streaming community, for people that stream like game development, it could also work that way, right? Like it could also work in the sense that like, if you're sharing what you're doing, People will empathize. People will 
people will feel like they're being helped or people feel like they're learning. And, you know, game development is really about learning every day. And as long as you are a game developer that never gives up the idea that everyone's learning, doesn't matter if you have like 30 years of experience in the industry, you're always learning. Would you, would you agree with this sort of mentality? Oh yeah. I'm learning every day. It's like, um, so this is what I've found out in the last four years. So I've been kind of tunnel vision working in one track of my career, you know, working on the games that, you know, I grew up on and, and wanted to be a part of. And when I'm working on these blockbuster games and, and stopped paying attention to that, and it started going to the indie development or these other communities, it was like a whole foreign uh, country like uh, there's like a distinct division line between those two developers like there was a they don't interact as much as I thought there's a whole different language that any of the community uh, uses to to talk to each other the different tools that they use to kind of get to the end uh, of their projects their mentality is different uh, genuinely a lot more positive a lot more optimistic um and uh, it, it's actually pretty reinvigorating um, because uh, to kind of share my experience, you know, I, I was kind of coming out of it pretty burnt. Uh, we were kind of used to like this long uh, development cycle. We're talking about three years and then it was a, encroaching on four years. And now a regular AAA game takes like five years. And so I was coming from that side of the coin where uh, individuality wasn't as a uh, uh, champion. It, it was actually a, the last talk that we had, the last uh, two speakers that we had, or three speakers to, that kicked off today with John. He came from that background as well, where um, where we were, uh, you know, big, big studios now are kind of discouraging artists kind of working on their own projects. And not only projects, but just artwork. If I'm a 3D artist and I want to do a 3D render of a scene, not just a game, right? Just a small scene just to practice my craft. I can't publish that. I can't really share that because under contract, uh, I'm obligated yeah. to, which is that. So that's the world I came from, right? So yeah. and it's uh, yeah, it's yeah, gotten yeah. a little worse. So, so, so seeing this side where the community is kind of more loving and just like making games and uh, I think having a better business sense, a natural business sense, because you're selling yourself essentially of how to get to the next tier, how to better um, my chances and being successful. You have to have those skills. Um, it's yeah. something that I feel like that other side needs to pay attention to because that is the future proof of being a game developer. You have to have that under your tool belt uh, to succeed in this industry and not enough attention is um giving credit to that so yeah that's my little rant (laughs) (laughs) it's it's great to hear from you yeah i mean i've been talking so much about my life story it's 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 good it's good to be to hear a little bit about yours but you know yeah i mean like this industry is fun man i i and i've been you know i just joined unity but I already had the chance to be surrounded by so many cool people, like so many smart people. And I guess what really makes these people stand out is that they're really like, mm, they're really helpful. They really are willing to share. They really are wearing, uh, uh, you know, they just, you know, whenever I ask questions, they gladly answer, or sometimes I don't even ask questions and they will explain something. They go out of the way to explain. And like, just in my first month of work, I had the chance to, for instance, go to, go to Unite, uh, the Unity event that we organized to show the new features and stuff. It was just mind blowing because it was like my first month and I was, uh, feeling like, you know, I'm the new guy. So not technically you're going to be like in the, like in, you're not going to have as much of a presence as other people that have been working there for a long time, but you get the same treatment. Like people go and then talk about you. And of course me having my channel, people like a lot to talk about how they, how they enjoy the content and how they, just ideas they give ideas or maybe they ask me things 
you know, and for me, this, these are people that I thought that, you know, that they knew everything. And like I told you, we learn every day. So when I hear those people, I feel inspired. I really feel inspired because I think it, it's not about being super experienced. It's not about like being, <laughs> being known, being high up. It's more about like just sharing with people. And another thing, tip I have on that topic is that if you have the chance, if, you know, if you, if you can just try and go to events and uh, I really appreciate what you're doing here also, because I think this is a very way, uh, great way to make inspiring talks or talks that people can learn more accessible. And, you know, first, I just want to say that I really appreciate being here. And I think that's really cool. Just the concept of it all. And do, just do things like this, you know, um, also try to do things where you, you, talk to people where you interact with people. Cause that's, that's always a great, great skill and something that's really important in this, in this industry for sure. Yeah. Um, it's something that, uh, is essential now to anybody who's looking for a career in game development. Like how do you put yourself out there finding that niche that, and you have to be genuine, like you said, right? Is there something out there that hasn't been answered in providing that, but most importantly, following up with that? I think a lot of people kind of jump from one ship to the next. They, they find something and they try to hook you with another thing. It's like, no, man, you should really take care of the people that you brought in. And because that's going to be creating that cycle of a community that it's going to stay, which is the main thing here. And uh, it's the same thing with making a game, Uh, not about just making a product that people like. It's uh, how do you get them to stay to talk about it so that it extends over a period of time so that it overlaps with new people coming in and it creates this long conversation. And that's the thing that I feel a lot of developers kind of miss. They're just like, "I, I got this idea. That I'm just gonna put out. Do you like it or not? In most cases, like I never heard of it, right? So that's the yeah. That's the games are thing. games are games are a very complex piece of art, right? They they involve so many creative aspects of everything: technology, sound, music, uh, art, right? And so dealing with people is basically learning how to deal with game development. Even though you're a sole developer, like it does like doesn't really matter like you could be a sole developer but just having the ability to talk to people right uh talk about some something cool about a a game you played a book you've read and a music you've listened to in a specific movie is something that um that really makes you a very rich person in the game industry because you're able to talk to all these people that do very different things right you could either be like a super programmer or, or you can be in a part where you're just in in the man, managing side of stuff uh, of the thing and uh, you just have to learn with to like share ideas with people like my my suggestion would also be like not don't try to hold into your ideas so much you know talk to people um share your ideas, share your feelings. And you'll find people in this industry that think the the same way you do have the same industry. And sometimes you just find people and you work with them online. You know, I've, I had the incredible chance to collaborate with some great creators um, inside unity and also outside with my own channel, just because people I've met physically like in an event and, but also online and it's all, you know, super, super duper great. And, uh, the one thing, great thing about working at unity is that sometimes I talk to people that have success stories, uh, that make games with unity. So I've, you know, I, I have access to so many people. And then when you talk to those people, you realize that they're just like, they, they are just the same version as you, as a person who's just like trying to figure it out. And then they figure it out because, they went out there. They, you know, it's, it's comp. I, I will, I will, I will say that it's complicated because to work in this industry, it's passion. It's a lot of passion. Of course, it's a industry, you know, of course it's like, uh, there's like a lot of things involved, but you really need to be passionate about what you do. And, um, I believe, 
And my father always used to tell me this, like, if you're really good at something, just, you know, keep being good at something and you will eventually, you know, people eventually notice. And sometimes we have to measure how do we measure success is like, what is success? Like for me, like, I remember at the very start, like 20 people downloading my GitHub repository about me, a random person in this universe, uh, sharing how to do this specific thing. It's already a success. So I guess you have to like, you know, it takes some time. It really takes time to, for you to technically achieve what people consider success. But at the same time, you could consider success. So many little things like shipping a game for me is a super success, <laughs> you know, like um, it's so hard. To, there's so many parts involved in making a game that shipping a game is already a huge accomplishment by itself. So, you know, I, you know, it's not that I've reached like total, like what I want, like, like I told you, I learn every day. So I try to work every day. You know what I mean? Like keep going, keep, uh, keep doing what I love, but also keep sharing because if I keep sharing and other people keep sharing, then we'll incentive other people to start working with games and we'll have like a fantastic environment where everyone, you know, learns from each other. Like there's a lot of talks that I've seen in this Unite about people with like experience of like building the game and how they started and how they failed. And, you know, it's just amazing. It's just pretty cool. I'm right there with you. I've um, just been in the game game scene for a while now. Uh, my measure of success is exactly the same as your shipping a game. Therefore, the other barriers, you know, that uh, clouds it a bit, which is... Uh, marketing the game telling people the game selling the game it's more like uh i could figure that out in other ways that's why like making the game is a luxury to me where uh it should be just about the craft and how i make money and how do i survive and how i do this i gotta figure that out on another way once i figured that part out on the side making the game should be purely about my expression yeah of art which is the, the main thing with artists i think um uh, that and deadlines. I, I think with artists, they want to make games forever. But <laughs> it's good to have deadlines because, like you said, during those game jams, it's uh, it's good to be creative within a box because we can take forever too long, I think. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, I agree because I think that we often get lost to where, like, games as products and game as art. And in my personal opinion, they're... they're a great way to to teaching you that how to balance a thing that has to be a product, but you know, it's all also super great for it to be art. So, you know, it can take its time, but it can never like not finish. You know what I mean? So it's a good way of thinking about a, a market, an actual market where, you know, people are waiting for you to do stuff. And if, it, if you'd never finish stuff, you know, but at the same time, I rather you take a little bit longer, you know, sometimes if you, if you think that that time is going to really enhance your, your, your game, you know, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's quite fun. Yes. And I do have a question here and it's kind of harking back to when you're building a community. This is from our one chorus, uh, working on a game, how early in development should you start sharing it with the public? What's too early? What's too late? Hmm. It's, I would say that sometimes we, we have our own good, like sense of like when things are good to show, but I would say as soon as possible, you know what I'm saying? Because the most important part about part about games and games have a variable that are super that is super hard to understand is whether your game is fun intriguing or not and how how are you going to test that if you're the you know if you're the creator of your idea you usually know your idea so well of course because it's your own idea but when you put it on paper it's totally different when people actually try it so not only start sharing your stuff 
early on, I would say start bringing your friends, close ones, family to play test because it is so important because I've been in, into this situation so much, which you like, you test your own mechanic and you know, the mechanic basically feels super easy to manipulate because it's the thing you built and you know how to use it. And the level you did seems quite easy. But then when people test it, you know, it's like, they're like, ah, oh, this doesn't really make this any sense. Why do I have two analog sticks? It feels too complicated. And sometimes we're so, you know, we're so, we hold on to the idea of like, oh my God, like, no, this is super easy. It's the, it's the fault of this person that doesn't know how to play and stuff. But it's no, it's actually, it's most likely never their fault. It's most about like you sharing the thing early on and understanding what your game is about. That's the interesting part about games is that people help you understand what your game is about because um, the final output, so your game only exists if people play it in the, in that sense of like if people uh, do input on it, right? And so listening to your users, artistically speaking, gameplay speaking, as soon as you can. That's how That's how I would describe it for sure. Thanks for the question, by the way. Of course. That was a, a question that I had too. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we are reaching at the end of the hour. And Andre, thank you so much for being inspirational. Everyone's loving your... Uh, your 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 positivity like it, it just it's just it's reaching <laughs> across the camera and it's very uh it's very uh, uh well i'm attached to it so uh so this is my Thank time you. to kind of throw it back to you uh so yeah. uh go ahead and share if people want to follow up find you how do i do that Yes. Thank you. By the way, I just want to say thank you. Uh, when I was invited for this, I felt so happy. And when I, you know, learned about what this was about, I was also excited. Like I told you before, it's like, it's a great thing. Exposure. It's like more accessible and people get to be inspired, which, you know, my personal experience, I only started doing stuff because I was inspired too. But so hopefully, hopefully I helped in that sense. And I, and I hope, you know, and I hope you guys start building an awesome, awesome games and awesome projects or whatever. Um, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'll, I'll just put it on the screen right now. I'm going to share my screen. Sorry. Um, present. This is my Twitter. Here and so go. this is where, where I mainly share my small clips of what I'm working on. Uh, inside Unity, outside Unity. Feel free to send me a message. Um, ask me anything that you think that you know. If you need any help, if you if you want to know more about how I started to feel more comfortable with game development, I'm always happy to to talk about it. Um, and there's also my YouTube channel, um, which is called Mix and Jam, which I can show you guys right now. Um, sorry about this. Um, no worries. I'll switch to my face as soon as you get it up. <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> okay. It's up. It's up. But basically, this is my channel. Um, and it's great to keep working on it. Um, the channel, like I we mentioned in this whole thing, is just me recreating mechanics. And hopefully, it helps. One thing I really like making in this channel is just every repository is open, which means just that... Um, um, people can try it. Like if, if they feel like something's not explained enough, which, you know, which is important to let people know that I'm not like a, the best reference for programming. That's why I often don't super explain things because my way is just a way, you know what I'm saying? Like it's just a way. And, but at the same time, I just want to keep things open and people can download stuff and, um, and yeah, for sure, try stuff. And please, if you if you enjoy the content, uh, I would really appreciate like if you could subscribe and stuff. And of course, on Twitter. But then again, uh, feel free to to reach me out. Um, yes, and I'm very happy to. It was very, it was fun to talk to you, man. It's great. 
Well, it was great to meet you, and I've got to thank Elena for introducing us. I'll definitely keep in contact. So many questions left that I want to ask, Uh, but uh, I I believe it's nighttime over you, Uh, so thank you for joining us. I'm having so much fun. Uh, I want to thank you so much for being a part of this conference and we are going to keep this going because inspirational speakers like yourself being able to have accessibility to you guys are uh, has been very helpful for everybody that's watching and uh, a truly inspirational talk. So I want to thank you so much and wish you continuous success. Thank you, man. Thank you for having me and keep doing keep doing this like uh like you yourself are also a person that's trying to do something to inspire people. So, you know, we're all doing our part, but thank you. Thank you so much. Of course, man. Well, thank you. And, uh, that is it. Uh, I'm going to say goodbye to Andre. We're going to hear his voice and, uh, he's going to give us a nod and, uh, bye guys. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. All All right. See you, man. So thanks for listening to our podcast. I hope that you're a subscriber, but if you aren't, please feel free to follow us on any of the major podcast platforms, especially iTunes or Spotify. You can find show notes and more resources available to help you become a successful game developer. Just go on over to our website, www.gamedevunchained.com. If you're interested in keeping the conversation going, then definitely come check us out in Discord where we chat in real time for After Show Tuesdays to discuss episodes and Feedback Fridays where we share screenshots on the projects that we're currently working on. If you go over to Patreon.com, you can support our podcast financially. And if you do so, you get access to Life Unchained, our on-the-pulse, unfiltered game dev gossip content that we make exclusively for our Patreon supporters. And as usual, you can keep in touch and follow our happenings on Facebook and Twitter. That's Game Dev Unchained, the podcast.